In our organization, we talk about team members being the right fit, and fit is an acronym. And fit is, does it fuel their unique ability? Does it impact their trajectory, where they want to be and where the company wants to be? And then is it timely for the business? Isn't it timely for the person? And I think that's true with the CEO-COO relationship. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to the One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Trisha. And I'm LZ. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that's relevant for all leaders. What does your second in command want from you? Well, Mackenzie Reeves Decker joins us to talk about just this. Mackenzie is the COO of System and Soul, a company that helps business owners deal with the chaos and complexity of running a business. She's also a former marketing manager for John Maxwell's company. Man, we are so excited to chat with Mackenzie about how she works with a visionary leader and makes the most out of that relationship. So let's jump right in. Welcome, Mackenzie. Hello. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, we are so excited to have you today. So with all of our podcasts, we always like to open it up with one fun question, you know, maybe like a little known fact or something that perhaps other people don't know about you. So mm. our question for you today is what is the best vacation you've ever had? Mm. Oh, man. It feels like centuries since I've been on vacation. This is a hard year to ask. It's a hard time to ask questions like that. This is real challenge. Dive into the archives. Um, (laughs) Not because of my job. It's because of the pandemic, just to be clear. But um, so, so first off, I have not traveled extensively. You know, my family vacations my whole life growing up were like to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You know, like not, not ultra fancy vacations, but... I did take in, um, in my early twenties, I took a trip to Paris for 10 days, Paris and Paris, and then traveling down through the middle of France to central France and then to the South of France. And it was maybe, it was just maybe the most, uh, incredible experience I've ever had. Just, I love, I loved the, um, the art and the culture and the, just like the, country itself is so varied and beautiful. Um, so I would say that's my, that was my favorite trip. It was a very like high impact, like, you know, those kind of trips where you pack so many things in, it's like you never rest. So that, that was, it was an amazing trip, but I will say like the older I get, and I wouldn't say I'm that much older since I went on that trip. I, I like more, lean towards trips where I sleep in and I'm sitting in a chair (laughs) on the beach or looking at trees or, you know what I mean? Like, like that was maybe the best trip ever, but uh, going forward, they're a lot more relaxed now, I think. Well, that's like the difference between a trip and a vacation. Yeah. Mm. Uh, You know, especially as you have a family, it's like, no, we're going to go on a vacation to the beach. And like you bring your littles and you're like, no, 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 no. That's a trip because you work just as hard on the trip as you do when you're at home. So I agree. A vacation is when you sit and you do nothing. And I love those. Yes. Yes. Getting more and more like that. Beautiful. Well, it's on my hit list. I've never been to Europe. Really? 
I know I've, I'm living under a rock. No, I, I've never been. And so it's on my bucket list for this year. It will happen. It's my goal. You should. I'm newly married. We're married less than a year. We have not taken a honeymoon trip. So I think my favorite trip in the future will be we, we want to go to Florence, Italy. Oh, yes. Oh. And, mm. and sit yeah. in chairs and drink wine. So <laughs> that's and eat Italian food. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. And Gosh. eat. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love it. So you have such a fascinating story going from being on staff at North Point Church Mm -hmm. to John Maxwell's company and eventually becoming the COO now of System and Soul. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how what the progress of your career has been over the last few years. I've always been drawn to organizations that that have incredible leadership. And I think that's why I started where I started. I, my family has always gone to North Point churches. And then from there, it, it was really an honor to, to find a role on a team there where um, I really got to kind of cut my teeth and, and try things. And they are, they, they're an incredible organization as far as people development. And so, and having a, a contagious culture. And um, so I, I started there as a project manager, project coordinator, and I, I was really, I was working with their middle school ministry. So I was doing a lot of planning um, middle school camps and then going and spending my whole weekend with sixth graders, which uh, was brand new to me, very uh, interesting uh, step to take, but it was a total honor to to get to uh, write content, to help plan events that are like seriously life-changing for, for kids at that stage of life. And from there, part of what I loved about my job there was the was the content that I got to create and write and and the marketing aspect of what I was doing. And I just started having this sense that I needed to go and explore the marketing side of things a little bit more. And that's where I ended up. That's how I ended up uh, at the John Maxwell company. And here's the other thing. Um, I feel like every job I've ever had has been like someone taking a huge risk and placing a bet on me that I, I never felt like I deserved. Like I, I, you know, I felt like I could, I could learn. I always stepped into these roles and said, I don't know how to do that, but I can learn how to do that. And, and, um, and that's what happened. I got hired, um, the John Maxwell company. And really I I was there for five years. And over that time, um, I started in this marketing coordinator role and then slowly, you know, year over year, I gained responsibility and credibility with my team. And I ended up running a, a division there. And um, I think I was in the right place at the right time with the right people to, you know, put the wind in my sails and really push me forward. But I think it was also just I have this sort of it's a, I think a strength and a weakness, probably in a lot of people that sit in my role where you're kind of, you kind of crave responsibility and crave learning more, doing more, pushing the limit and seeing how, how much further you can go. So that's what it looked like as I was at the John Maxwell company. And then I started to have this sense where I, I started to feel in this tug of like, there's something, I love what I'm doing. I love running the team and running the day-to-day of the business and being involved in how we create this and build this thing. And I really started to feel like I wanted to do something where I was more at the at the beginning of it and kind of at mm-hmm. the heart of 
and the foundation of what I was working in. And that's sort of how I ended up where I am now. And Trisha, actually, I should say this, we have something in common. Um, I know you started out as an EA Mm -hmm. in your role, and here you are now. I started out, so in making my transition to where I am now, I had to take several steps back. And um, and Benj Miller is the visionary that I work with, the CEO. And initially, our company didn't exist. And he's like, well, you know, like I have a future in mind for you in this business, but it doesn't exist yet. So can you start as my EA and can we start like where we're just where you're answering my emails and getting things on my calendar? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And we'll we'll build from there. And we have over the last uh, two years. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when you I, I, I totally trusted him and totally um, stepped into into something you know, that was not what I anticipated, not what I thought it would be, but, but it's, it was exactly the right thing. And I think I just knew in my gut, like, this is where I have to be so that I can be a part of building something greater. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take a step back so you can absolutely boomerang and rocket forward. And so you've done it. I've done it. Even LZ did it too. I mean, LZ's story coming to Belay is the same. She came in as an EA when she had done you know, way bigger and more exciting things in her career. And then now she's the CFO of the organization. So I think, you know, I think a lot of people maybe are scared to take a backward step because they think maybe they'll never wind up where they were when in actuality, sometimes it honestly propels you to places you never knew existed. Oh, totally. And I think it, no matter what I'm doing, I always want to be doing it with a sense of humility. Like I'm not, I'm not above putting something in the calendar. I'm not above taking out the trash. I'm not, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. and I think starting, starting with the things that, that help just make the day-to-day happen. I think it's just this like appreciation for that, no matter where you're working in the organization later on. And, and, and I love that. I, I think it's, I think it's valuable. It's been incredibly valuable to me. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's tweetable, Trisha. And sometimes in order to go forward, you have to boomerang back, you know, mm-hmm. to go back to boomerang forward. I think that's a good tweetable moment. It's an awesome tweet. Yeah. Kinsey, I love your story and I love your journey. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about System and Soul. Like, what do you guys do? Yeah, well, we, so as you sort of said earlier, we try to help businesses fight chaos and complexity by creating clarity and control. And a lot of that is done by putting in a business framework that helps create that clarity and and harness the control and both the system side, you know, and when we say system side, we're talking about like the cadence of the business and the uh, the the organizational structure and the the way we do meetings and the way that mm-hmm. the the goals that we have out in the future and then the soul side and tying in the soul side that's the culture that we want to have and the values that we represent in the business and who we say we are internally and in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So we have a framework that ties together those two things. And what we do is we've got an amazing, amazing team of executive coaches that work with companies to help them implement that framework mm-hmm. and really live it out. And it's 
it's incredibly rewarding uh, to see that transformation that happens with these companies. When stuff as simple as setting a meeting cadence, it's like, mm. it sounds so simple, but the more, more and more people I talk to about what we do, they're like, we need that. We don't, we never, we have the most, you know, our meetings are useless or we have so many of them and we don't know why we're doing it and we don't walk <laughs> away with anything new. And, and it's, you know, we try to solve those problems or solve organizational structure problems. And it's incredibly rewarding. And it's, I think, incredibly needed in, um, in organizations of all size and all stage. Yeah, I would absolutely. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurs are creative. They're not always process oriented. So it's yeah. <laughs> definitely needed. <laughs> well, so we're here to talk a little bit about what it means to be COO, number two in charge, second mm -hmm. in command, the operator to the visionary. So um, yes. tell us a little bit about what it's like for you, what it feels like for you. And for our listeners out there who maybe sit in a similar seat as you, what it's like being the COO to a driven visionary leader. Yeah. And, and I would say um, this, so this role for me has been just new in the last few years, but I think like you said, there's people in similar roles, even as, you know, as a marketing manager working with a CMO or mm -hmm. um, as an EA working with an executive, this, I think the dynamics are always very similar. And, um, but what I would say is what it's like is, so it's incredibly rewarding because it's taking my uh, my strengths as someone who loves to get things done. I love to put process behind ideas. I love to put the plan behind the ideas and um, and really move it forward. And I think it's really highlighting those strengths when you work with someone who's the complete opposite of you. And uh, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what the relationship is. It's it's the future thinker paired with the present thinker trying to make you know, make the future happen today. So that's what it feels like. The other, the other part of it is oftentimes the way our organization is structured and the way that we recommend this structure for other organizations, that visionary and operator pairing, the operator sort of sits between the visionary and everybody else in the organization. And so the, in my role as a COO, as the operator, I'm the conduit of information. I'm the conduit of all the ideas back down to the team in a way that uh, that really helps create the context and the the speed of execution and all of that. And so that can be a very um, it can be really challenging position at times to sort of sit between like sort of as like a canal or like a channel. Like I think of like, I think of like water rushing through a funnel. Yeah. And, uh, and that can be, um, it can be a very challenging role, but I think people who do this well, I think are uniquely equipped to, to manage that. And, and I think there are some ways to, I would, would love to give credit as much credit as I can to, to my uh, CEO, my visionary Benj um, and how well he, um, appreciates and, and values the way that I play in my role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you need from your leader to be effective in a kind of second in command role, COO role? Because, you know, I'm thinking about some of our, our smaller organizations. There's someone who's second in command who maybe doesn't have 
that title yet, right? Like you kind of mentioned when your business got started that you were the second in command, but you had the title of EA. You were an executive assistant. Yeah. Trisha's been in that role too, right? Like yeah. there's only two of you and you got to get mm -hmm. stuff done. Um, and so what do you need from your leader to be effective? Like what are some good qualities that our listeners could take away? I think it's this mutual appreciation and maybe, maybe more than that, it's before I was ever placed in any role before titles ever happened, we start, we started working together because we were aligned in our values mm -hmm. and we, we wanted the same things out of the work that we were doing. So at the core, it's like, okay, we are on the same page here. Like we, whatever we're doing, this is how we're going to do it. And this is what we value in each other and what we value creating in the world. I think for anyone that's important to at the foundation of whoever you're working with and whoever you're sort of paired with doing, doing the work you're doing, it's so key to have that values alignment. And, and I would say um, from the EA times back, uh, back then up to now, it's just a constant conversation and a constant uh, appreciation and like reappreciation of how different we are and how we think differently and and really, really honing in trust that Benj has my best interests at heart and understands and appreciates why I think the way that I think and then the same in his direction that I hear him, I appreciate him and and I trust his visionary mindset that it's it's for the best of the organization. So I think it's, mm -hmm. it's probably a squishier answer than practical skills or <laughs> competencies sure. or anything, but it's what keeps that pairing really strong is those core, just that core understanding and core appreciation, core values. Well, I wonder if that's why so many people find it hard, right? If we talk about what the issues are behind somehow, sometimes how this relationship, this type of relationship can be hard you know, what would you say? I mean, you've already said, which I love, you know, trust and yeah. appreciation, honestly, for your diversity, um, because it's two, probably mm -hmm. two very different mindsets of people when you think about a visionary CEO, CEO versus a very operational minded COO. Do you think there are any other areas or things that make it hard Maybe I'll tie this back to sort of that trust and, and values alignment, at least for us. So we're we're still a young company. And really, I think with most entrepreneurs, if they're one year old and they're under a million dollars or they're a hundred million dollars or whatever it is, it all started with that entrepreneur, that visionary having this dream. And I think that that dream is like, it has to be carried so well. And I think that's mm -hmm. part of my job is my leader, Benj always needs to know that I see his dream and I get it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm totally for it, you know? And I think that can get lost sometimes where a visionary or a CEO has this clear picture of what the dream of the company can be. And they, they may, that person who plays in the role that I play in, they have to really, really understand that and really, really be the cheerleader for it in a way, put the, put the process, get it done, make it happen. But, but help that visionary know that they, they're not carrying it alone and they're not mm -hmm. the, everything that we're putting behind it 
is tied back to where it needs, where they envision it going. So I think Mm -hmm. if that's not understood or if that's, if the connections aren't made back to that and the, and the being for the visionary, being for the business in the same way isn't aligned, then I think that's where you start to have issues. A more practical way to answer that question though, too, is I think, so in our, in our organization, we talk about team members being the right fit and fit is an acronym and fit is, uh, does it fuel their unique ability? Does it impact their trajectory where they want to be and where the company wants to be? And then is it timely for the business? Isn't it timely for the person? And Mm -hmm. I think that's true with the CEO, COO relationship. It's like the role I'm in has to fuel what I'm uniquely gifted to do. The impact that I can create has to be the right amount of impact at the right time for the business of the stage that we're in. And and then it has to be timely for my maturity, my competency, and, and the maturity and the, and the needs of the business. So I think, I think that, that maybe that's a more practical answer for it, but I think it has to be the right, the right fit too. I love that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> I mean, not Probably literally, because I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to re-listen to the podcast when it comes out and then I'm going to have it again and again. But I love, I love fit. I it's love little, your acronym for it's fit. It's a little long for a tweet, I guess, but you know, it's, it is. It's <laughs> no, a little we can still excessively, it's, it's a good Instagram post. It's post worthy for sure. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, what can our audience do to connect with you and System and Soul? Well, so we have a podcast too. We're uh, and like uh, we were talking about before we jumped on. Um, Trisha was on our podcast released uh, just this week, and um, so we're a System and Soul podcast. You can find us anywhere, and then our uh, our website is systemandsoul.com. So that's that's where you can find us. So many good nuggets, and I know that our listeners are going to want to come straight and find you and listen to that podcast. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. This has been a great conversation. It's been so good to be with you, Mackenzie. And listeners, Mackenzie is actually going to hang around a little longer after the interview to answer one more question for us about how to build some routines to make the relationship work, meetings, communication, and so on. You're not going to want to miss it. So to hear that clip, subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to our bonus content or visit theonenextsteppodcast.com where you'll find a link in our show notes. Man, Mackenzie was so awesome. I just loved her story, loved her journey, and I'm still processing all the goodness. So T, I'm going to throw it over to you. I'd love to hear what your takeaway is from our time with her today. Yes. I mean, I already kind of teased it out and shared it that I loved her acronym for fit when it comes to really hiring and aligning, you know, if, if you've got the right focus and the right time and the timing is right. So I loved her acronym when it came to her fit for, you know, the roles that she was in over, over time. It really had Mm -hmm. me, you know, reflecting and thinking about how that was so true, even in my lifetime. So in my career, so that was, that was a great takeaway for me, for sure. How about you? 
Yeah, yeah, because it's not so much about can you do the job, right? Like the acronym yeah. of FIT was so much more yeah. than just whether or not you can do the job. Yeah, I love that. Gosh, I love how you just jumped right in there when she was talking about her journey and how she kind of joked that, you know, we had similar journeys, especially you and how you supported, you know, Brian Miles, who started Belay and as mm-hmm. you were the EA and she had done something very similar. And you said, and I joked around that it was tweetable, that um, so often people get really scared about taking a step back in their career because they're worried they're never going to get forward. And you kind of said it's like a little boomerang. And so I think that's really good for anybody listening. Um, I mean, I truthful be known. I mean, I speak to entrepreneurs. We were just at a fabulous event, no name dropping where, you know, I was talking to people who were like, yeah, I don't want to do this business anymore. I'm going to sell it and go to another business. That could be a boomerang, right? Like you could have built a a very successful business. You want to sell it and maybe create something new and you're going to take less money, less prestige, all of those things, as well as a listener who might be in a role. um, They need to take time off to raise a family Mm -hmm. or they just want to do something completely different. And I think that all three of us really showed that that's possible to do that. And sometimes the outcome will blow your mind. Yes. I love it. Right? Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, as always, we have a one next step for you to take. This week, we're offering a CEO COO alignment guide, a series of conversation prompts to help the top two executives get on the same page. Thank you for joining us, guys. We will see you next week for another great episode filled with practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Start by making today count. J.R. McNair will join the podcast next week, guys. J.R. is a small business expert and international speaker who is considered one of the nation's foremost experts on startup businesses. He's also the founder of the Velocity Accelerator and Small Business Day, the nation's largest startup event. He's going to chat with us about some of the trends he's seeing in small businesses and some of the challenges and opportunities they are facing right now. Here's a preview. Find those customers and make as much money as you can from the customers that you already have, right? And that is something that I've taken with me. It's like, how can I serve my customers more? What are some other things that I can offer to my existing customer base so that I don't necessarily, in this time where there may not be uh, as much community, that I can go out and offer additional things to help my existing customer base? Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.